Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Jay Cow's View. This is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com where I, Jay Cow, pontificate about pro wrestling. This is my journey of my journalism. I don't know if I should still even say that. I haven't said in a while. Maybe I'll ditch it all together in the new year. But nevertheless, you are here, and I thank you for listening. Um, on this episode of Jake Cow's View, I'm giving you my point of view about the recent announcement, and I, I use that term recent because now we're about a week, a week after it's been announced that uh, Primetime Live has gone on hiatus. There's lots of reasons why, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But I wanted to acknowledge, number one, that I thought the show was great. I thought it did exactly what they intended it to. And number two, I want to just talk about how much it benefited the National Wrestling Alliance being associated with the weekly episodic pay-per-view series. And I'm going to talk about that, well, right after this. We got some bad news, and it's not horrible news, it's not the end of the world, but like many of you, every Tuesday night I've been tuning in at 6 o'clock to Fight TV to watch the National, excuse me, sometimes the National Wrestling Nights, to watch Primetime Live, to watch some of the best unsigned free agents in professional wrestling week in and week out show their wares, and I mean, we're talking about guys like, um, well, I mean... Let's face it, there was a whole bevy of talent. Uh, the Wolf Staddies, the, the Bodega, Kevin Martinson, uh, Fred Rosser, Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, Danny Limelight, uh, the NWA contingent. You know, we saw, geez, we saw the tag titles change hands, the national title change hands, the TV title change hands. I mean, over the course of 12 weeks, a lot of things happen on Primetime Live. Uh, even a new women's champion who's now wrestling in AEW. But all that uh, being said, um, it, it was kind of disheartening to hear the news that Primetime Live would be going on a uh, on a hiatus. Essentially, the national... Uh, I did it again. Essentially, the United Wrestling Network, um, ahead of any orders by the state of California or any um, embargoes or, or, or closures. They they self-imposed, went on hiatus to avoid the, all these issues with the shutdown here in Southern California. If you guys are unaware, there is a shutdown in California, suspending all non-essential operations, essentially meaning that if it's not essential, it's not open. You know, our theme parks are closed. Most of the restaurants, indoor dining is, is non-existent. Um, of course, we also have uh, uh, retail shops are limiting their occupancy to just what is deemed essential. So a lot of people are, uh, of course, affected by this, but none so much more than the world of professional wrestling. Well, I guess that's not, that's not entirely true, but uh, it does impact everybody in this state and it, it has impacts on you guys this is, uh, primetime live is now not an option for you on Tuesday nights with that being said uh, I really enjoyed the program over the 12 weeks um, 
there was only a few missteps. I mean, I know there were some technical snafus when the show started, uh, but those were remedied relatively quick. And like I said, we saw a lot of monumental historic matches. I mean, we'd never seen the NWA television title in Hollywood, California, or excuse me, Long Beach, California. Uh, we never had seen uh, the tag team titles change hands in Long Beach, California. I mean, there was uh, such a turnover of the NWA power roster, and that was all kind of within the confines of Primetime Live. Plus, we were reintroduced to talents like Fred Rosser, who you guys might have remembered from his time with the WWE, or Mike Bennett, or Sean Devari, or Davey Boy Smith Jr. We got reacquainted with the stars of uh, the United Wrestling Network, like Kevin Martinson, who made his name with the Rock Nest Monsters, but now was going at it on his own. We were introduced to the TV champion, Dan Joseph, the Hollywood Heritage champion, Ray Rosas. We got introduced to the United Wrestling Network Tag Team Champions. We got introduced, uh, that's SoCal Distancing if you guys didn't know. We were introduced to Alexander Hammerstone, who amongst other things is the um, West Coast Pro Wrestling uh, World Champion, Heavyweight Champion. Um, so we got to see a lot of different titles. We got to see, we were introduced to Lacey Ryan, to Priscilla Kelly. Uh, we met a lot of free agents along the road. I mean, we got to see Chris Masters in 2020. James Storm had his appearance. Um, we got to see uh, Eric Rowan, which was kind of exciting. Eric the Redbeard. So we saw a lot of cool stuff. And um, I, I really enjoyed what was happening with uh, Primetime Live. So I am definitely saddened that it has come to a close. But the bright spots are it's not gone forever. It's just on hiatus. Of course, when things start to return to a sense of normalcy, when some of these COVID cases start uh, declining, we will see them return to production. Of course, the much-anticipated match between uh, Michael Bennett, the Miracle Mike Bennett, and Chris Dickinson for that United Wrestling Network World Championship. And also, I mean... We've got a bevy of challengers already starting to line up. Davy Boy Smith Jr. Fred Rosser has definitely made his mark and to make his claim to uh, challenge for that title. And of course, the other guys that were involved in the tournament, like Kevin Martinson and uh, Eric Rowan, and of course Sean Devari. So we'll we'll see how this all plays out. And of course, we won't be talking a lot about Primetime Live over the next few weeks because, well, there won't be a Primetime Live. But I would like to say, like. Um, you know, when I look at that roster, and you've heard me mention a bunch of names, who was your MVP of Primetime Live? Like, I look at names like Chris Dickinson, and I know our friend Lamb over at the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Fans page, um, he said that Chris Dickinson was the MVP. But I think you could make a case for a couple of different guys, right? Because, I mean, like, Max Caster, who was a veritable unknown, especially on the West Coast, came to primetime live and with a good outing against chris dickinson and a good outing against uh, uh, jesse james finds himself with a contract with aew now working as a tag team wrestler kevin martinson went from a tag team wrestler tag team specialist if you will and became a veritable threat to not only the hollywood heritage title but also he got himself into the tournament to crown the united wrestling network world champion Excuse me, got an itchy nose. Then, 
everybody's favorite. He joined us on this podcast a couple of times, and I'm talking about Danny Limelight. Danny Limelight. You guys didn't know who Danny Limelight was a year ago, but you do now. You definitely know who Danny Limelight is. You know who the Bodega are. You've seen him in AEW. He's wrestling all across the country, not just limited to United Wrestling Network, but he's working for New Japan Strong. He uh, recently competed in Hurricane Pro Wrestling in Texas. And, of course, he's uh, him and, uh, him and Papa, Papo Esco been kind of dominating the tag team ranks in championship wrestling from Hollywood as of late. So, I mean, there's a lot of... A lot of positive growth and, and and then of course there's there's jordan clearwater who recently won the championship wrestling from hollywood heritage title levi shapiro who won the united wrestling network television championship fred rosser who again i mentioned earlier you know this is a guy who basically became invisible post wwe now yes he started working with new japan strong which don't get me wrong that is awesome that is great but so many eyeballs have been on primetime live and seen Fred Rosser. And this guy did not lose a step from his time in WWE. And I would even venture to say that he's better now than he was when his time with the World Wrestling Entertainment. And of course, who could forget Mike Bennett? Mike Bennett came to primetime live a desperate, broken man. Let's be honest. He was a broken man. And his quest, his, his entire persona was in pursuit of the world's heavyweight champion Nick Aldis he needed he needed to win the title to prove to the world who he was fortunately that didn't happen but but Nick all uh, excuse me Mike Bennett did show to the world that he was ready for competition he stepped up to the game and gave and gave uh, Nick Aldis a hell of a match on our Instagram stories, you can follow us at Instagram.com forward slash the Alliance blog. Recently put a, a poll. And 83% of you want to see a return bout between Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett. 83%. It's pretty high. Um, although, now there's some more complications and added wrinkles to this because Mike Bennett recently made his return to Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, Nick Aldis has not been back to primetime live since his debut on September the 15th. And, you know, in the meantime, Bennett's been wrestling and working towards capturing the United Wrestling Network World Championship. So, I mean, there's a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of highly talented guys who certainly have, uh, have given, uh, given of themselves to, to take that next step. And, of course, there's Chris Dickinson. And uh, I do not want to be glib on the situation because I know how impactful Dickinson has been in primetime live also making his debut in championship wrestling from hollywood i expect really big things from chris dickinson whether he wins the title or not um, whether you consider him the mvp or not he certainly has got you talking about him he certainly put his name in your mouth and i think that's pretty pretty awesome um so i primetime live is in a good place when it comes back as long as they don't wait you know, nine months before they produce their next wrestling show. I think many of us are ready to get back into it. Now, I mean, just reading the tea leaves, there hasn't been a lot of NWA interaction on Primetime Live, and I don't know what that means down the road, but I certainly believe that uh, whatever happens, whatever second season of Primetime Live, if you will, when they come back, I, I really expect it to pick up exactly where it left off. 
you know, and I do think, I do think that the show delivered exactly what David Marquez wanted it to. Uh, if you remember, if you recall back when they first announced it, um, his quote in the press release went like this. To me, UWN Primetime Live is a pro wrestling fan's dream come true. I've always wanted to produce a joint program that would feature the baddest and best pro wrestlers from different promotions on the same broadcast. This fan first way of thinking should allow us to present matchups that you might not normally ever see on weekly television. There may be a time when you see someone from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood go against someone from Chicago's Freelance Wrestling or even fighters out of the New Japan LA Dojo versus the West Coast Pro Wrestling. A major goal we have is to take newer, up-and-coming athletes and present them in a way that has been done on a nationally televised show Excuse me, that hasn't been done on a nationally televised show before. With this incredible new platform, an opportunity to let the greatest talent shine on a worldwide stage, we are poised to create new superstars. Factor in the NWA champions and the stars of NWA power and beyond, all converging for some of the most exciting programming possible. In my 30 years in both television, production, and promoting wrestling, this project will be the biggest of my career. So, I mean... Yeah, we got that. <laughs> we got stars, up-and-coming stars. I mean, if you're a diehard New Japan fan, you know who Carl Fredericks is. You know who Clark Connors is. But if you are on the fringe and you don't know who these guys are, but uh, they had a showcase uh, in primetime live. Again, Max Caster got signed to AEW based on his appearances on primetime live. We know Danny Limelight. We were just talking about him a minute ago. I mean, it, his popularity, his his... His uh, his abilities in the ring have been showcased not only in primetime live, but I mean, it's spilled over into AEW. And we're seeing a lot of that. A lot of guys who were working on primetime live and gals are now <laughs> contracted to AEW. It's pretty cool. It has been a bit of a launching pad. And for that, that's that's really great for talent. Again, when the show comes back, hopefully a lot of these stars won't all be snatched up. But I do want to talk a little bit about the NWA aspect of the show because, you know, we should take into consideration that this show has essentially, essentially it was the NWA for a lot of people. And I know that uh, a lot of NWA diehards were not happy with it. But, uh, you know, Billy Corgan, going back to that press release, like he said, I'm pleased that we are finally able to announce some good news in partnering with United Wrestling Network. We'll be able to get back to work with what with what promises to be top-tier matches and soon. And like I said, we got those matches. He would go on to say, It goes without saying that 2020 has been a challenging year for everyone, and our goal in reestablishing in-ring NWA action was to make sure that our talent would be protected. Working with the now-established safety protocols, as well as delivering consistent, high-quality content like our vaulted shows NWA Power and 10 Pounds of Gold. But this will be more than just a weekly live pay-per-view broadcast as we plan on shooting additional content for the NWA YouTube channel and our Patreon subscribers. My goal here is simple, to provide the best contest possible with the greatest talents available, carrying on the great legacy of the National Wrestling Alliance as an independent governing body, and in that we hope to feature at least one championship match on every live broadcast. Well, I mean, he wasn't far off. We got some great matches. I mean, Priscilla Kelly versus Thunder Rosa 
was a hell of a match. Allison uh, K versus Nicole Savoy, terrific. Mike Bennett, Nick Aldis. I know it was short, and I know a lot of people were frustrated with that, but it was a great match. I mean, during the course of the program, we saw a revitalized NWA. They sanctioned no less than 10 matches that aired on Primetime Live. And of those 10 matches, there were six NWA title defenses. And we talked about it a few minutes ago, but of course the NWA uh, should have been happy with these results. They welcomed a new national champion in Trevor Murdoch, a new TV champion in Elijah Burke, the Pope, a new world women's champion with Serena Deeb, as we just talked about, who who cross over from AEW to Primetime Live to win the NWA Women's Championship. And of course, new World Tag Team Champions in Stevens and Kratos. Interestingly enough, there were no other title changes uh, during the course of the pay-per-view. Now, the other part of this is that, you know, this... They, they talked Billy talked about creating content for their Patreon and creating content for their YouTube we're seeing that now with NWA Shockwave. Now, we'll go into details about Shockwave at another podcast, but I will say this, that so far, everything that you've seen from Shockwave was recorded directly at Thunder Studios as part of uh, Primetime Live. Some of these matches that they've showcased now, like Eli Drake and, and Jordan Cruz on the first episode, or the second episode that featured CC Chanel taking on Camille, these were taped prior to Primetime Live um, first episode. So I know that there are a few more matches, or at least one that I know of for certain that was taped beforehand, but there's still a, you know, a lot of these matches that are being seen now by an audience who didn't see them before, which I think is really cool. Whether you uh, are a fan of this or not, it really doesn't matter because the, the, the fans who did not watch the pay-per-views, which are, are a lot more than you think, um, now they have access to it. So it's kind of been a win-win situation for the NWA because not only did they get the buzz and the, the pop and circumstances that go with being featured on the weekly pay-per-view, but now they get to reap those benefits uh, with YouTube views. And uh, again, we'll save the majority of this for another podcast, but there's reverberating effects. Those views from these videos are impacting the other views from older videos, and it's helping to grow the channel. So these are all really phenomenal things. And, uh, you know, I mean, to put a, to, to put a button on it, Primetime Live was uh, great for wrestling. It was great for wrestling fans. And I am sad that it uh, has been taken away from us. Uh, hopefully temporarily. And uh, I do look forward to seeing Chris Dickinson and uh, Mike Bennett square off for that world, uh, not world heavyweight championship. That's the NWA title, but the United World Championship, that should be a lot of fun. And we'll see what happens with uh, the Bodega, with Danny Limelight, with Kevin Martinson, with with um, the New Japan Young Lions like Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of Hammerstone in the future in the West Coast Pro Wrestling Championship or Lacey Ryan in the future Stars of Wrestling title or hell, even the United Wrestling Network Women's Championship. Hopefully uh, very, very soon we'll see all of that converge back in Thunder Studios in Long Beach, California as Primetime Live uh, returns. Well, again, thanks for tuning in, guys. You can follow us on all social medias at The Alliance Blog. That's uh, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Again, hey, Alexa, play the Alliance blog.
It works just like that. Hey, Google, play the Alliance Blog Podcast. You can hear me uh, pop up all over the place. Uh, But until next time, guys. Oh, there it is. It's going off. Until next time, guys. uh, Take care. Be safe. Get positive. Stay positive. And I'll see you at the matches.